Today is December 2nd, 2019. It's cold in December. Personally, I'm already over the cold weather, but it hasn't even, even like really started yet. It's all good though. Um, it's going to be a good December. You know, because today's a second, that means that we have 23 days until Christmas. Or if you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, you can say we have 29 days until the new year. That is one thing that all of us living in the U.S. have in common, that we live on the same calendar year. <laughs> I know that for some people, the countdown to Christmas or the countdown to the new year starts sometime in late August, right? The people who like, as soon as you go back to school in September, you're already looking forward to the holiday break. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I wait until after Thanksgiving to really give the holidays or the new year much thought. And right now, I'm thinking that 2020 and this new decade that we're about to start, I think it's going to be a great time for you and I. I think that we're going to keep learning and implementing the lessons that we learn to better ourselves and hopefully live more meaningfully. But... Here's what's really important. If you're looking ahead to this new year and preparing to make some major changes or life-altering decisions or you implement new habits as soon as the, the new year starts, you know, maybe write down a resolution or two. The fact is that just because it's a new decade, it's not going to change anything. It has the potential to change things, but just because we're starting a new year doesn't mean things are going to change. You need to actually put in the work if you want to see the change. You need to put those habits and those goals, that you know, the work needed to accomplish those goals into action to actually have them change. And listen, trust me, I know that this gets restated every year and that it has been overused. So I'm not going to bore you and go deep down into this motivational rabbit hole of, you know, finish the year strong. But it is a sentiment that I think is important for us to remember that just because we're flipping over the calendar, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be a new person. And I listened to a video yesterday that was a really good reminder of this truth. And it had me thinking that I don't want to let the countdown of the rest of this, this year be an excuse for me to let the progress that I've made in 2019 go to waste. You know, even if you've heard this like 30 times or every single year at this time of year, like let's actually do it. Let's actually finish the year off strong and set ourselves up to continue being successful in 2020. If that's something that you're into. If not, then you know, just make sure to try your best to be present in each moment as we go through this month and get closer to the holidays rather than just anticipating the holidays so much that you miss out on all the cool things or the exciting opportunities that are going to come your way throughout this month. Because listen, I'm not talking just about like some big major achievement or goal that you know you should feel pressure to accomplish in the next month. 
I'm talking about the little stuff, the positive ways that you've been talking to yourself or the healthy ways you've been dealing with stress or anxiety over the past couple months. Let's keep that stuff up. Let's finish strong with that stuff this month. You down for that? Let's not lose sight of of what's important and start to overlook the promises we made to ourselves and the responsibilities that come with those promises, the responsibilities that we put into place to keep ourselves focused. Let's not just overlook that stuff because we're here now in December and all we have to look forward to is, you know, holiday parties and celebrations, excessive amounts of eating and drinking and gift giving and gift receiving. All of that stuff is great. I love that stuff. But I also understand that we have a few weeks until we're really going to get into the mix of that stuff. So let's not let these few weeks just slip by. Let's finish the year strong. Well, this could get interesting. Um, My cat just walked into the room and she's unpredictable. She might be bumping up under this table, you know, scratching herself, rolling around. We don't know what's going to happen. So if you start to hear some weird noises, it's her, not me. (laughs) But hey, thanks for joining me again today. You know, I wanted to be honest with you and let you know that I actually had a whole other episode topic in mind for today, but as I sat down to record, I realized that it needed more attention. So to sit down and and just record an idea that isn't even half-baked in my mind would likely cause both of us to cringe. So I'll spend more time crafting my thoughts about it and hopefully we'll share it with you soon, but today being that it is the second day of December, it seemed like a good time to talk about these times in our lives that we spend counting down to something. You know, we all do it at some point, whether we're excited for a vacation coming up or for family to arrive at our house for a holiday party. I think we all can think back to times where we were really living in anticipation for something that was coming in the future. And I think the holidays are a very special time for this exact thing. Anticipation is great. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. In fact, I have these vivid memories of my family going to church on Christmas Eve. And then when we got home, I would sit by the front door and I would just stare out the glass, waiting for my cousins to get there for our Christmas Eve party. Just so excited for the moment that I would see their car pull up and they would be walking up the steps to the house. Like, that's all I could think about. But my parents and my sisters, they were in the house at that time too. You know, I probably could have been in there spending some time with them, helping out my parents get, you know, prepared for the party. Um, But I was just so caught up in this future moment of them arriving that I didn't even think about any of that other stuff. And listen, I think we all do this at times, especially as kids. Like we can't be fully present in every moment because 
We don't understand what that even means. But I have a little theory about anticipation as adults. It's easy for us to miss out on important situations or interactions in life when we're spending all of our time focusing on an event or thing that hasn't come yet. Right? Like, come on. I know so many people who have posted like Facebook or Instagram countdowns till their vacation to the Caribbean and it's like two months away. And it's cool to be excited about that, but making sure we're not allowing that anticipation to um, have us miss out on what's going down in the weeks leading up to that is super important. And I think coming into the, you know, being in the last month of the year, it's a good time to talk about that. Now, I think that this conversation could really go in many ways, right? Um, Like it's like the idea of it, it being easy for us to miss out on important things because we're focusing too much on something, uh, in the future. But I think what I want to talk about and how I want to discuss this topic is really just from the perspective that we are always meant to be checking in with ourselves. I mean, like, that's why I do this podcast to check in with how I'm feeling and what's been on my mind recently. So if we're only thinking about a vacation that's coming up in five weeks or the end of the year in 29 days, we run the risk of not facing some of the things that we're going through. Or even more simply, just not doing our best work or giving people around us our best. So this countdown can cause us to gloss over what's currently happening. And we can look for ways to numb the present and put all our energy in thinking about how when the countdown is finished, everything will be better. I am not perfect at this. No one is. But I have put into practice some reminders and habits that help me stay grounded and focused uh, on what's currently going on. And when I have these moments where I look ahead, which again, there's nothing wrong with anticipating something in the future is it has potential to be a healthy and positive thing, especially if it's some sort of goal that we're working towards. But I've been able to figure out ways that I can sort of bring myself back to this moment. Um, And, you know, I think over time I'll be better at explaining them. I've already tried in this podcast to talk a little, to talk about them. Um, But just the biggest thing and what I want to share right now in this moment is just recognize when you're not where you are at. When your mind has carried you away from your current situation, just beginning to recognize those moments is really the best first step to then being able to figure out ways that you can bring more attention and more presence into where you're currently at and what's going on and what is actually helpful in that situation. And uh, what can be really very, very hurtful is 
just going through your entire day, your entire week, your entire month, only anticipating the end of this countdown. And I'm using countdown as sort of like a metaphor, um, but you get what I mean. So when thinking about this idea of, you know, letting ourselves be too focused on, on the countdown rather than what's going on right now, it reminded me of a story that I want to share with you. And um, it's, it's a fun story. And I didn't learn any of these lessons until I had time to like reflect and think back about this story. Um, but it reminded me of when I first played football. So I signed up to play football uh, the summer of, uh, that I was going into my eighth grade. And uh, this is not only a story about anticipating the end of a countdown, but it's also a story about enduring an uncomfortable situation and just getting back up even after being knocked down. So in the summer of 2004, I signed up to play football for the first time. You know, like I said, I was a month away from starting the eighth grade. And I was excited to finally put some pads on and learn to play the game. I had spent so much of my uh, childhood growing up playing football in the schoolyard or in people's backyards. And I was excited to actually uh, get to learn to play the game. And you know, I was fairly tall uh, and somewhat athletic. So I got a spot on the starting lineup as a tight end and a defensive end. And I also had a chance to learn how to play quarterback. Um, they, I guess, saw in me that I was <laughs> smart enough and I fit the mold um, that I could learn a playbook and then also you know, throw a football or just hand it off to our star running back enough times. So um, I knew, though, that I would be the, the backup QB because there was another kid who had been playing for years who was going to be the starter. But listen, that was fine with me because... That seemed like too much pressure uh, as a first-year player, and um, I was fine with just being a tight end, playing defensive end, and learning the game that way rather than learning the game and feeling the pressure of also trying to lead the team. Um, so our season went pretty well. I can't remember how many games we won or lost. I, I don't remember that sort of stuff, but uh, it was fun, and I enjoyed the experience of playing with that team and those teammates and the friends that I made um, from being on that team. But at the end of the season, I learned that anyone who wanted to pay for the trip could go down to Daytona Beach, Florida, and would have a chance to play in a weekend football tournament. And I was pretty pumped about the opportunity to like travel with the team and my friends. So I told my parents I wanted to go and since they are the most amazing parents, they decided that I could go and um, that my dad would travel down with the team as one of the much needed chaperones. So I was pumped. I was excited for some warm weather football in November. Um, I was also just excited to be down there with my friends and go on the beach and walk around like the mall that they have down there. Um, I was really looking forward to it, but as the trip got closer, I learned that our starting quarterback, who he was not only the starting quarterback, but he was also like one of the best players on our team. Um, I learned that he was not going on the trip. <laughs> so 
being that I was the backup quarterback, that meant that uh, I would be the one starting every game of this tournament as the QB. Um, so that made me a little nervous, but I was also, you know, excited and eager to show my coaches and my team that I was capable of leading us and um, that, that I could do it. So one of the things that I, because this was my first year playing, I didn't really know much about this trip down to whatever this tournament is. Um, what I didn't realize is that the teams that we would be playing down there were much different than the teams that we had played during the regular season. Okay. We were not in New Jersey anymore. We had traveled down to Florida and many other south, you know, southern states have sent their teams to this tournament as well. And a bunch of them were stacked with like the best young football players in all of the nation. <laughs> I have no idea if that's true or not, but man, it sure seemed like it because some of these kids they looked like they could have been in college. Like they were as big as college athletes and facing them as a backup QB was intimidating and scary. <laughs> so it was a it was a learning experience for sure. The team in general, um, I don't know what our record was after that. We might have won one game out of the four that we played, but um yeah, I mean, one big takeaway is that like we're like size-wise, we don't even compare to other kids our age. <laughs> um, but one game in particular that we played, this team was absolutely dominant. I mean, like their entire defensive line towered over our players, like by more than like six inches, and then some of them were like a foot taller than us. And they had like 20 to 50 pounds of muscle on each of us. Like they were just bigger, taller, stronger, heavier kids. And it was during that game that I learned the very hard lesson of getting up after being knocked down and getting up again after being knocked down again and knocked down again and knocked down again. And it was a hard lesson to learn, but it's an important one too, because as we get older, we realize that we might not physically be knocked down by somebody, but that we do often experience times where we feel as though we're, we're knocked down. Um, and, and the only thing that we can do is just get back up on our feet or get ourselves back on track towards making some progress. Like we can't let these times where our legs are swept out from under us to totally end um, any sort of like positive progress we've made. We got to get back up. But even as I reflect on it, I also realized that this was a good example of a time that I did not want to be where I was at. And because of that, all I did was anticipate the end of the countdown of the game clock. Like the only thing I cared about was that clock counting down and hitting zero and, and, and the game being over rather than putting forth my best effort. And listen, I, I get it. Like I was a kid. 
right? I, I, I was 14, 15, right? So I understand there, there wasn't much else to do at that point than to just wait it out, right? Like, it's not like I could have <laughs> grown two, you know, two feet and got big muscles in a matter of a game. That doesn't even make sense. But you get what I mean? Like, there wasn't much I could do in this situation except for keep getting back up. Um, but I guess what I can do now is look back and realize that it was a nice lesson that I now feel more prepared to put into practice. And one minor detail that is definitely worth mentioning about this game is that it was on the worst football field that I have ever played on in my entire life. And definitely the worst field out of any of the other fields that we played on during this tournament. Like most of them were played in large high school football stadiums. Or even if they weren't high school football stadiums, they, they were much bigger than any fields we had played on up here in New Jersey. Like these were well-maintained, soft grass, like beautiful football facilities. But this game, no, 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 this game against the NFL-sized Florida Soul Crushers, I don't know what their name was, I don't even know where they were from, I think they were from Florida or Louisiana, Um, I could ask my friend, he has a great memory, I think this team was from Florida, and their name was not the Soul Crushers, but it should have been, man, this game, this game was played on the most yellow, sun-dried field that you could ever picture. I mean, the grass felt more like thorns. Like they, they, there. It felt like needles. It was that like terrible, hard, prickly grass, and it just added insult to injury. <laughs> because during that game, I must have been sacked nearly twenty times. And like, I'm, I'm not kidding. I don't know what the stats were. It might be more than twenty times. And I wasn't just getting like knocked over. I was getting nearly knocked out. I mean, one hit in particular, I had one of their biggest guys just absolutely destroy me half a second after I snapped the ball. Like it didn't even make sense. Our line was like still in their down position. And as soon as the ball touched my hands, this dude, the nose tackle just he could have ended me. I mean, he squashed me like a bug and all 200 plus pounds of him landed directly on my chest and I couldn't breathe. And all I could do was just like cry in the huddle as I tried to catch my breath and, and call the next play. And it was rough, man. I mean, luckily in that moment, our fullback, he realized that I could barely talk. Like I was useless out there. So he called us a timeout and had one of the coaches bring me some water and just like talk me back to my senses. Um, They actually ended up moving the fullback to offensive line for the rest of the game. And this guy, he couldn't have been much taller than like five, six. So they, these other players were over a foot taller than him, but he was tough. and, And the coaches knew that he wouldn't just let their team barrel through, even if it meant like, chop blocking them and like trying to like (laughs) go after their ankles but it was a tough game for the whole team you know I it was certainly the longest the most painful game that I've ever played in (laughs) 
<laughs> I got the crap kicked out of me for the entirety of the game. Again, my memory is not the best, so I don't know how long these games were. They might have been like 10-minute quarters, 8-minute quarters, whatever it was. I did my best to to stay tough and stay in the game, but all I wanted to do was tell the coaches, I'm out. Like, I can't keep playing. But even after getting pummeled over and over, and I'm talking about, like, destroyed. They, there should be there should be a movie made after this game. <laughs> no. But I was just getting, like, just knocked all over the place. But I kept getting back up. I kept calling plays. I kept myself in the game. Um, and, and for most of the second half, because they had, like, the mercy rule was in play, the, the game clock just kept running down. Right. Whereas in the first half, the clock was stopping and starting, stopping and starting because of penalties or timeouts or whatever, just different parts of the game call people going out of bounds. The first half was so long, but they realized like this isn't fair at all. So the second half, they just ran the clock down. And I can just remember staring at the clock at different times, just hoping that it would move faster. Like all I cared about was that countdown reaching the end so that I could be done with this. All of my focus and anticipation was just getting out of there alive and just having the game be over, which, I mean, rightfully so. It, like, it wasn't a pleasant experience. But I think looking back, I can see how this game can be used as a metaphor for some of the undesirable life situations in which we only think about when it will be over instead of what we might be able to do to help the situation. So... Um, I thought that that kind of could be helpful in thinking about the rest of this month, the rest of this year, and how things might be going on that you want to just pretend like they're not happening or um, just look forward to when we start a new year and then things will get better. But the thing is that there are likely certain decisions you can make now that will help your situation. Um, and and allow yourself to be more open to to experience some of that change that you're hoping is going to come when the new year starts, but you can actually experiencing experience it now and start to put some of those habits into practice so that you can find a little bit of success and then you'll jump into the new year feeling even more prepared. So I mean, back to this game, like we obviously didn't win, right? We got crushed, but. The lesson I learned has stuck with me. You know, I recognize that this is the type of toughness that I was that I need as as an adult to push through difficult times, um, and also not spending all of my attention counting down the clock, but actually trying to accomplish small successes is the type of attitude that I think can help all of us just um, you know win our day or win that win the meeting, and I don't mean win like so that we can be lifted up on a pedestal, but so that we can just live a more meaningful life and be more present and and just have more joy and peace, right? It doesn't need to be a major win or major achievement. It's often just these small decisions and these small successes that are most important. And my hope for us is that we can just recognize the times when we let anticipation steal away joy, from the present. I mentioned that earlier and I sort of fumbled over my words a bit because I don't exactly know how to like 
talk about the thing, the things that I practice to make myself more present. Um, but I'm trying to figure it out so that I can share more about it. But that's that, that's the real important one. The real takeaway that I can talk about is just it's so helpful when you can recognize the times when you aren't being present. So just beginning the process of realizing that you're living in the future or you're living in the past or you're spending mental energy anticipating something that, that you can't impact right now or, or remembering or reflecting on something that has already happened that you can't change, but focusing in on the present moment and what you can do right now, that's what's really important. And it's unlikely for, I guess in this, in this football story, it, it was very unlikely for me to find any joy during a beating like that. But, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure the same goes for you, right? Like you go through hardships that it's probably very unlikely that you can find joy or peace in. But I think there are always lessons to be learned in those trials. And if we're constantly just waiting for the countdown to end, rather than being open and aware and present to um, allow those lessons to seep into our heart, we're sort of, we're missing out on, on what we're supposed to learn. And, and we're allowing anticipation to steal away those moments. So, so don't let yourself lose sight of the joy and the lessons that this month has for you. Because I think 2020, you know, it's, it, obviously it's right around the corner, right? I think it's going to be a big year for many people like we especially people my age who might be listening to this like we're entering into a time now where hopefully we're all feeling more self-aware and self-confident and uh, knowing what we want to do with our lives and where we want to go and the things that we want to spend more time on because they bring us joy and life and um, because we're in that stage right now i think that this next decade is going to be the best one yet, right? And and I'm not just saying that, I really believe it, but it also is gonna take us being present and aware that we're the ones in control of our decisions. And if we wanna see some change happen, or if we wanna accomplish some, some goal, that it's gonna be up to us. So with 2020 right around the corner, uh, we have to keep putting one foot in front of the other in order to get there, right? Take it one day at a time. In this football analogy, one play at a time (laughs) and just make the most of this month. Hey, I love you. I appreciate you listening. I'm looking forward to sharing more thoughts with you soon. And I hope that you have a great day. Hey, one last thing. If you like this episode and are looking forward to new episodes of this series, I encourage you to leave a review and subscribe to this show. I'm no social media guru, but I think that's how more people are going to have a chance to hear it. Thanks again. Have a great day.